Hello guys, Jack here from Jack Makes Happy Hour Podcast, and yes, the rumours are true, we're heading back out on tour in May 2024. 68% of the tickets are already sold out, but there are still a few left at Edinburgh, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham, Bristol, Bury, and our home city of Norwich. So, don't waste any time, grab your tickets today, and come and watch me, Alfie, and Robbie live. And me. Mainly me, Alfie and Robbie there, isn't it? Yeah. uk. See you in May. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jack Mates Happy Hour. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Jack Mates Happy Hour. I'm here with the boys, Jordan, Stevie. You right? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Both looking well. You both. We're all in shirts. We are dressed up for the occasion. You've got your hobo jack on. You've got that on. Primark. We are joined by a very special, special, special. Right, hang on, wait. You have bashed your head. Yeah. Right. Do you want to tell them what I did, Jordan? Yeah. So basically, before we started, Jack, Jack went for a was it one or two slash or poo? Bit of both. Bit of both. And on on the way in, he's gone to open the door and he's smashed his forehead on the door. Come back. It's still marked. Come back, and you were slurring, trying to explain what happened. So I think I have a bit of concussion, um, but I should just say I have a very special guest. It's Mr. Example. How are you, Mr. Example? Hello. All right. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. You look very well. Thank you. You've I'm got not wearing makeup. This is my real face. You've got the Australian bronze tan now, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, which just hasn't faded because most people get like, uh, you know, they're going on there for a week or two and they come back and they show off the tan. But I've been there, I've, I've been living there over a year. And you've but been. I had a solid five months there. So, so you're really ingrained under the skin at the moment. Oh, he's, right? even got, he's even got <laughs> so the like, accent down. Even if I have like, uh, you know, a bath and scrub my. <laughs> you know, like apricot scrub, it won't come off. Oh, you've changed. You've changed. What yeah. happened to the boy from Fulham, eh? Uh, I still got my place in Fulham. I, I came from Fulham today. Oh, I, did you? I, I don't miss the traffic in London, man. Like, it took me an hour and 15 to get it today. Fucking yeah. hell. Well, and we every, appreciate you coming in. Well, everyone's like, why don't you get the tube? Have you lost touch? Are you scared of coronavirus, etc., etc.? <laughs> Truth is, I had more interviews to do, so I needed to be above ground. Today. Right, but um, are you are you scared of coronavirus? Well, yeah. it's more people should be scared of me because I've been to Singapore and Tokyo in the last two weeks. <laughs> Did he tell you this oh. before you invited him on? <laughs> no, and I've hugged you all. We're in a very confined studio. We are. Yeah, we, are. we, won't, are you, are we you... won't talk about my new single much, but um, we shot the video in Tokyo the other week. Uh, so go and check that out now. Back to you. <laughs> And that's the end of the interview. Here we go. <laughs> See you guys. Yeah. No, we always start with the same question. What is your go-to meal deal? Oh, Jesus. Do Australia do meal deals? I'm, I'm sure they call them meal deals. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they do. We've had Americans that have never heard of a, the concept of yeah. a meal yeah, deal. Yeah, but they've not heard of much. That's yeah. because <laughs> everything's XXL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, if it isn't already a deal, they don't want it. Yeah. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not having that. It doesn't come with extra large fries. So everything is a meal deal because they want more. It's all you can eat buffets all day long. Refillable drink. My favourite, I don't know. Um, so in Australia, what would it be? So they uh, do do them, you can well, confirm. Yeah, I don't think they do. Or what about pre-Australia, before you went out there? Um, What's the shop? Let's start a shop. Tesco, Waitrose. This is Fulham. Right, is this, right, I'm just trying to get into Intensity. my headspace into what, what the market is here, who, <laughs> who's listening. <laughs> so your listeners are all meal dealers. <laughs> well, yeah, they love it. <laughs> meal dealers! <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. we, we did a whole we, episode yeah. just talking about we meal deals. We uncovered that this is like a, a so national just, treasure. So is this when you go to get like, say, a, a peri chicken wrap, but if for you, you can get a you bottle get, of water and, and like, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. what's the sort so, of French fries with them? That sort of yes. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what you mean by French fries. As in you know, the, like the, the Walker's French fries. The crisps. You've changed, man. <laughs> French fries. French That's fries. Like French fries. The sticks. Of oh, French fries. Oh, crisps. Hang on, wait. Sorry, are you talking about the specific brand there? Uh, Walker's French fries. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I thought. I thought. knew what was going on in their, in their shirts. <laughs> I thought he was referring to what's, uh, what, a bowl what, of what chips. What shirt is your meal deal from? <laughs> <laughs> this is a little uh, Zara. Oh, little, oh. little Zara. So. Nice, nice one. Yeah, you're wearing a very tasty jumper, off-white. Sorry, yeah. It's not this season, though, so... And, oh, that's all right, mate. That's all right. That's because I'm, I'm real. You know, I don't have to be up to date. <laughs> oh, you can't wear that. It's, it's 18 months old. Virgil Abloh designed that, like, in 2017. That's all right. We have uh, our, our old co-host, Alex, who's a YouTuber. He's... 19 and he has the worst fashion he's got too much money so he comes in a gucci, <laughs> yeah. gucci hoodies and they are the worst hoodies i think of, have you seen that disney one yeah yeah just, just <laughs> i text you yesterday i was gonna tweet saying um jake paul somehow has worse worse fashion sense than i'm alex yeah <laughs> no, well, i'm gonna be nice i'm not gonna insult him yeah so. no do you know much about youtube and youtubers and stuff? um I've, I've got younger cousins who you know keep me informed and up to date on it um, i think it's a I, i've been on a lot of like um like car test drives, right. you know, like a Porsche and Jaguar and Range Rover. Yeah. And then sort of that, you know, they're begrudgingly like the older sort of PR side of things. You know, the, the guys who are in their 40s and 50s will always be like, oh God, we've got to get some of them YouTube car people in. <laughs> um, you know, because some of them are great and they've got great knowledge and some of them are just like, oh my God, we're in the car and the engine started. <laughs> the engine sounds warm and fuzzy and a bit like a Ferrari, but not really like an Aston. Um, and then you can see the guys from like Jaguar sort of going, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and then you just saw the car journalists there from like GQ and they're all kind of like, <laughs> you know, and we're all, they've chartered a jet somewhere. You know, we did this trip where we were in, um, where did we go to? We went to Utah. Right. And nice. there was a, uh, it shows your, your audience will be like, I can't believe he doesn't know who he is. The guy who used to eat roadkill. Fun for Louie. Fun for Louie. Fun for Louie. He was on there. Right. And he was on the plane. And he was like, Oh my God, we're on a charter jet and it's taking off. And we're, and then we're going to get off the jet and we're, oh my God, we're on a helicopter. The helicopter is literally starting. And I was like, fair play to him. You know, he used yeah. to eat squirrels and now he's making a fortune. So anyone who could have a career turn around like that. Yeah. And then, yeah. and I was like, you know, because times change, you know, and, mm, and there's yeah. all these sort of snooty old car journalists. Some of them are mates of mine. And I was like, one of them in particular is just like, fucking. These people, they fucking, oh, it fucking pissed me off. <laughs> they don't even know what fucking size the engine is. And then, you can, and then you can see, and then someone tells them that they used to eat roadkill. And then they're just like, this is what we're fucking dealing with. <laughs> I've been driving cars for 40 fucking years, earning minimum fucking wage. Yeah. I saved up for 20 years for my Ferrari 355, which is a fucking shift gear, not the paddle shit. And this fucking guy used to eat dead badges. <laughs> is on a fucking trip for me. You know <laughs> That's the kind of oh, so that's dude. my knowledge of YouTubers. Very well summed up. Yeah. That's pretty much like our show. Isn't yeah. it? <laughs> that, that, that is what we've been doing well, for mate, the past year. I'm a year. big fan of you. And that, that interview we did in Nando's that time. That was, was a, oh, that was many one of my favourite interviews I've ever, I ever. Oh, did. thank you, mate. That it means was just a lot. So, so natural. Hopefully, we can we can replicate that today. We've yeah. got a few Nando questions later on. Where to be honest, mate, we're not going to be breaking the mold of like questions you've probably not had before. Like <laughs> I, I tried to do a bit of research. I could tell that so. from the microphone design. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's wrong with the design? Nothing. Go on. We, we do have new microphone covers coming, but they're, Very taking, they're taking forever. We have not heard your, your choice, like your confirmed yeah. choice. So let's start with a sandwich. All right, what would I get? Yes. I'm like a hoisin duck wrap sort oh, of person. Okay. Wow, okay. And then wow. side, do we say French fries? Is that... Yeah, well, uh, some kind of balsamic vinegar or malt vinegar crisp. Kettle chips. Nice. Kettle chips, nice. yeah, something like that. Yeah. McCoy's, always McCoy's. If yeah. you go in salt and vinegar, go McCoy's. Okay. Because you get like okay. the weird and then drink? shit around you. Um, <laughs> a drink would be... I'm really into kombucha at the moment. What? What? What's that? You, know, you don't know what kombucha is? <laughs> no. Oh, Jesus. So? It's like... Um, <laughs> 
to be honest, I'm as much as a prick for drinking it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's got, you know, when they're like, a drink's got a live culture in it. You right. know, like yeah, yakult, yeah, yeah. Like oh, friendly yeah. bacteria. Yeah. So mm, kombucha is like a, a type of fermented tea that has really blown up in Australia. So everyone just drinks kombucha. So every meal you get, right. you get a kombucha with it. Oh, Sounds see. absolutely Horrific. Yeah. Um, well, it comes in many flavours. Does it? Yeah, Does I'll it? get like a ginger lemon or a, you know, a, 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 a cherry flavour. <laughs> you can only think of one flavour. <laughs> I like how this is the first episode in which we've got Fiona writing us notes up on the screen. She's put fungi drink. <laughs> Cheers for that, Fiona. Right, uh, I guess we should speak about your music. You've, you've, got, you've had one hell of a career in it. And yeah. uh, this is the thing I was saying to the boys before. I think everyone has one artist that they they go very hipster with so like i knew about them when they were like when they like, i guess so, yeah, yeah. and you are mine oh thank you yeah i remember watching your kind of like comedy tracks kind yeah, of thing yeah. on, well, my on, first time was just lad rap yeah because I, I didn't want to make music for a career I, I i used to listen to acts like the streets and roots maneuver and kalashnikov and skinny man mm. who were like you old uk hip-hop heads obviously the streets are still legendary yeah and i was like well i'm like 18 and all i do is drink stella and do mdma so i can't really um talk about uh you know yardy life um so, so just i just did my own version yeah. of um whatever was going on at the moment you know i mean in my life you know i won on my first album there was a song about having a fight in a cinema because i saw some people have a fight in a cinema once, right about what you know i thought this this will be edgy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and now then, you're drinking fungi drinks. Now I'm drinking so. fungi drinks. Um, well, I, that, I, was, that was that was 2006. Oh, right. Okay. Because I read a bit of your Wikipedia. I like to do a little bit of research. Hopefully it's up to scratch and some of my friends just haven't been having a laugh. And I think it. maybe that's what it is. Because I want to read to you the first paragraph and, and want you to confirm <laughs> or deny whether this is how you got into music or not. All right. All right. So three sentences. First one. Uh... He he first his first experience of rapping was through a rap ba- battle at a house party in Shepherd's Bush in 1994. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I did grow up in Hammersmith. So. When he was just 12 years old. Yeah. House parties at 12. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like a parent then. <laughs> yeah. Mate, it's London, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's mental. Got a little house party down the estate. Oh, you know that's... I mean? Well, I, I grew up in like a three-bedroom house next near Fulham Football Club. Right. You know what I mean? My mum and dad were like working class people who'd done, who'd done well for himself, but everybody else uh, I went to school with pretty much lived on a council estate, so most of the parties were around there, and that was how I got into rapping. So it was, yeah. well, it was the only a... way to be accepted. It was like... That's mad, you know, I, was, I was shit at football. I was shit at basketball, I was shit at rugby, I, was shit at, I wasn't a good sprinter. Mm. Uh, and I didn't develop as fast as everyone else I went to school with. So I was like, the only way to sort of get protection or any kind of credibility is uh, to, you know, memorise every Wu-Tang Clan lyric or Snoop Dogg lyric before everybody else. That's fair enough. Um, well, but when I was 12, I, I was kind of like juggling 12 Tamagotchis. <laughs> Pokemon. Yeah. I think maybe yeah. kids grow up a bit faster in, 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 <laughs> in cities. Yeah. I've still got age, six of them. <laughs> was the average age at the party 12? Or was uh, this an older person? It was probably like 12 to 14 year olds. Okay, so it was I a mean, younger most, party. It wasn't... I mean, most of my friends were losing their virginity at probably 14, 13, wow. 14. Weird when uncles. I was like, Weird uncles. I was late. I was like 17, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah. I, I, I don't eight, know, I suppose that's I, just I street 18. kids, isn't it? You, know? yeah, you still beat yeah. me, I was 18. I was 18. So Fair enough. It's you... not a competition now, is it? <laughs> I'm 37, married to Miss Universe, it's all right. Let me... <laughs> <laughs> oh, but when did you lose your virginity? When did you do that? <laughs> we'll get to that. I will, the, last, the last quote, the last quote. Um, he, in his, uh, in his own words, completely destroyed a useless wanker. <laughs> this is on your Wikipedia. <laughs> still on my Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, a fight broke out, so he sprinted home. Um, that's also true. I just don't know. I can't remember who would choose to upload this because obviously people read bits and bobs about your career and then they decide what they want to upload yeah. and write on your Wikipedia. So someone, imagine Americans reading it, like thinking about booking me for like Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy yeah. Fallon. Yeah. You know, like, well, it says here that he defeated a useless wonker. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to know whether it was 12-year-old you that called him a useless wanker or it was in a later interview. That you... I was probably, uh, yeah, probably 14 at that point. I don't know. I think it's a grey area between how old I was at some of these events. Right. But you've never, you've never written your own Wikipedia? 
I've never put anything on Wikipedia. Oh, I wish I had I... to change it once because some of my friends, because I was so rubbish at football, still am. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really good at running in a straight line or swimming. Right. You know, I could do a tumble turn in an Olympic pool. You yeah. know what I mean? But I can't play f- team sports to save my fucking life. So one of my mates sort of be hilarious just as I started getting famous to say he also uh, featured as a mascot for his local football team and was known as the Gourmet Gorilla. <laughs> because one of the guys who played for the football team's dad owned Gourmet Burger Kitchen. Oh. And then they had Gourmet Burger Kitchen put on the front of this Sunday League football team shirt. And I used to go down and always be on the subs bench. Right. And they started nicknaming me the Gourmet Gorilla. So I had my first chart hit and then they were obviously happy for me. But shit, people started reading my Wikipedia more. And then one of my mates one night was off his face, done a load of gear and thought it'd be funny to say that I was the team mascot, the Gourmet Gorilla. Well, I'm, I'm actually going to title this podcast, We Sit Down with the Gourmet Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mate would be really happy if he hears this. he be like, yes! Because <laughs> obviously I went on Wikipedia and deleted Gourmet Gorilla. I now run the risk of someone else going back on there and putting Gourmet Gorilla on there. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you don't want someone to do something, never mention it publicly because everyone's going to be doing it now. You're right. It does get hot in here, doesn't it? It does get it hot. Does. Yeah. Does. I'll take off my two seasons ago off white hoodie now. If yeah. That's all right. And then you've got the three seasons ago one underneath that, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> like a Russian doll. I've actually got a t shirt with lobsters on. Have you? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> lobsters. See, I, I, was lobster. ve- I didn't know what angle to write this show at because I knew it's just going to go all over the place. <laughs> I remember when we first did an interview, I wrote about 20 questions. I was really nervous. It's like one of my first. First, like interviews, and I got a, I got through about three of them because really? he was started talking about save the trees and was I talking about save the trees? <laughs> yeah, loads of stuff. Yeah, well, loads uh, of we've, stuff. We've covered a lot already. So <laughs> what else? What else we're you want to know? We're about a third of the way through, and we haven't even really spoke about your music. Okay, that's what I want to know. Right, right, let me just give it a really brief rundown. Right. Yeah. So, two thousand six, seven, signed to Mike Skinner's label. Yeah. First album came out. Lad rap. Uh, didn't really know what I was doing, but was enjoying it. Didn't really treat it as songwriting. Didn't take production seriously. I just loved performing. Mm. 2008 was going to move to Australia with my parents and my sister. They've been there ever since. So we're going back to like, you know, 2003. They've been four or five. That seems like it was always meant to be then. Really. Yeah. And then uh, signed to Ministry of Sound. Uh, the guy who signed me was like a bit of a legend. You know, he's still working now. I think he's the head of uh, like RCA Records or something. But he was like, uh, do you want to uh, try dance music? And I was like, well, I love the Prodigy and Basement Jacks and Faith This. I just don't know any dance producers. Mm. Um, so he put me in with loads of different people like Sub Focus and Chasing Status and nice. Scream and Don Diablo. And then, you know, through that, you met Calvin Harris and all these legends of mm. music, right? So then obviously, fast forward a few years, Kickstarts comes out. 2010s number three in the charts changed my whole life start getting bookings overseas start actually making money paying off all my debt that i'd uh i'd made up all this debt just from trying to keep myself on tour yeah so by the time i had my first hit i'd already done like 500 gigs right yeah you know where i'd be getting 250 quid a gig but i'm paying the driver 30 quid the bass player 20 quid you know that sort of thing yeah and then i had this period in sorry i met my missus around uh 2011 and then all the music sort of went downhill Probably because right. I was so happy. Mm. So, and most of my big songs were about sadness and breakups and cheating on my girlfriend and lying and uh, mm. drug abuse and staying up all night. Mm. But in a creative, positive, poetic way. <laughs> and, then, um, and then, you know, got married, started having kids. And then I left the major label system. I left Sony. Mm-hmm. No offense to anyone over there. They were just doing their job, but they didn't know what to do with me. Right. Because I'd always been like the captain of my own ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, 2014, 15, I was playing arenas. I was headlining Parklife Festival. I was yeah. headlining Southwest 4 Festival. Um, I remember you Sundown tweeting. Festival, you oh, know, in Richard yeah. Noen, Norfolk. Yeah. So um, I, I headlined that. You tweeted years ago, and I, I can't claim to remember the numbers, but you, you had, like, smashed the record for the most amount of I festivals in one summer or something. I think maybe the most amount of UK festival yeah. uh, in one summer. I think we did, like, 17 festivals 15 ibethers 15 mallorcas six iron appers that's mad and then probably another 15 festivals in europe fucking hell i did 126 gigs and 115 flights in 2014 wow um, yeah. and i was also the only act other than rihanna to do two arena tours in the space of 12 months fucking Man. hell yeah that's impressive but you, um you mentioned um but then yeah it all went downhill i think because the music <laughs> when you met your wife <laughs> no but I, it's true i just i yeah. was just so in love and i wanted to get married and like and have kids and i just 
when I was in the studio, I just wanted to get out the studio. I didn't want to be there. Right. Mm. So I was rushing all my songs. I had no creative process. I'd kind of lost contact with all the, you know, the big name producers who'd helped to make my career. Yeah. You know, they were all doing their own things. They'd all moved on. And I was still doing maybe 20, 30 gigs a year. I'd do like a few festivals, a few uni balls, a few club shows. And don't get me wrong, I was all good. I was living, you know, I was, I was living in Fulham, but I was thinking about moving to Australia and then just thinking about quitting. Wow. I'd completely lost faith in my ability to write a good song. And I felt like a lot of my huge fan base, which I had at the time, were a bit disconnected or disenfranchised with, I sound like you would have, <laughs> on the head, disenfranchised um, because the music I was putting out maybe didn't sound like the Elliot or example that they'd fallen mm, in love with oh, if that yeah. makes sense yeah so then but I think what's happened is since I moved to Australia and I've left the major label system and then I'm doing it all myself so me and one guy produce everything I've got the same team mixing and mastering the tracks I'm directing all the music videos you know like all night is just me and my missus dancing in our living room yeah that's like 30, that's 20 million views yeah, on YouTube it's like viral right that's that at my song, my gigs now sounds like a hit. Yeah. Yeah. It was never in the charts. It was never big on radio. You know, there's people like Mr. Jam at uh, One Extra Radio One who'll support it, people at Kiss FM. Yeah. But it's never like a hit record. Right. So I've kind of just had to put, get my career back on track uh, on my own label. Yeah. Doing everything I want by my own rules. Do you, yeah. do you enjoy that? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Because it's easy. The videos are cheap and fun and challenging to make because yeah. you've always got to think of like good concepts and good ideas. I don't think I've spent more than three grand on a video right and when we were assigned to sony you know they'd be spending 40 50 grand yeah, regularly yeah, of definitely. which you've got to recoup yeah so you know this is this thing it's you, a grant, you, you isn't sign it? to yeah exactly yeah. you sign to a, a label and as an artist you're getting maybe 25 percent of the share mm. now i've got my own label i'm getting 75 <clears> percent. the other 25 goes to the distributor right but then there'll be 10 grand's worth of remixes on a major label 25 30 grand video then maybe 20 grand marketing budget and oh, no. so, you know, by the times you've got 10 million streams, yeah. you've just about recouped everything they've spent. Mm. And then maybe the song might plateau, so you never earn anything off it. That's exactly what Macklemore speaks about in one of his tunes, yeah. isn't it? Mm. About how, do you think major labels are, are, are positive or are negative then? Because that sounds... It depends who you are. I mean, there's, if you're like, say, what, the way Stormzy did it, yeah. where you're like the captain of your own ship kind of vibes, you know, just making the most road street videos mm. for low budget, you know, like shout out Caden Dennis, you know, on the visuals for his stuff, mm. smashed it. He's created a unique identity and brand. The only way that could be elevated, arguably, to a global scale is to go and sign to a major, which is what he did. But right. he did it cleverly where he signed himself to his own label and then the, you know, Atlantic Records uh, signed his label. Yeah. So he can still pretty yeah. much make whatever decisions he wants. Like, this is the video I want to do, this is the single I want to do, which is why he's still relevant and mm. why he's career's just gone from strength to strength yeah smashing it you you mentioned kickstarts being your first single that really blew up and got like chart success how much does that change your life is it is it pretty instant as well yeah well i mean i think if you can have one hit you know you can have a career for a year if you can have two i think maybe you know two or three you've got five years really if you can have you know this is what people have always said to me as well if you can have four or five big songs you know, that's that's your career for life. And I feel like even though I've had some ups and downs, mm. I think, you know, like, uh, We'll Be Coming Back with Calvin, Kickstarts, Change the Way You Kiss Me, uh, Stay Awake was number one as well, then Say Nothing was number two. I think those five have kind of kept me afloat, mm. you know? When, when you're making yeah, like, a song like that in the studio, how aware are you that it has the potential to be a banger because I imagine that anything you create, you're going to love in the moment. And, and sometimes, for example, like I'll make a video and I don't think it's funny and I'll put it out because I need to pay the rent and it will blow up and people will love it. And I'll be like, yeah, this yeah. is shit compared to my last one. And then I'll do what I imagine to be like a really class interview with Gervais and people will be like, meh. Yeah. And it's like the things I'm proud of haven't always necessarily reflected. Yeah, but it's them. also maybe not, not, sometimes you think you know what your audience and what your market want. Yeah, and then something that you didn't expect to connect, yeah. you know, because it's like you might be a massive Gervais fan, yeah, then and then not. maybe some of your, yeah. you know, viewers or listeners, or whatever, aren't on the same yeah. sort of way. Yeah, but I mean, I definitely when I'm in the studio. So I wrote "Change the Way You Kiss Me" on a tour bus in about 15 minutes, mm, and then recorded man. it a week later. But then it Fuck. took about 22 versions of that song to get it sounding right. Yeah. Wow! And I wrote "Kickstarts" on a drive back from Glasgow to London in about two hours. But then it was like version 26 was the one that you f hear on radio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the right, the idea comes to me very quickly, but the finessing. Yeah. But mm -hmm. then when you're sat on like a tour bus or you've got your mates around your house and it's 2 a.m. 
and you're listening to the same song. You know when like yeah. you're in those zones and you hear you, everyone plays the same song 15 times in a row. Yeah. But your mates are doing it with your own song. Yeah. That's when you're like, this is going to be a fucking hit. Yeah. <laughs> and I think when we made uh, All Night, mm. which was a very simple track, you know, like there's this, this is the standout lyric I think when I knew it was going to kick off was uh, eight quid for a GNT probably going to spill it on my jeans. Yeah. One of my mates just went, everybody in clubs all around the world <laughs> can relate to that. Can relate to that. And that's, we do a cutout on stage now, you know, eight quid for a GNT and then 3,000 people in Birmingham on Saturday. Probably going to spill it on my jeans. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. you've got 16 year olds, 25 year olds, 35 year olds, 50 year olds. Yeah. And then there's little magic moments like that. You're like, if we can get people to watch this video on YouTube, I put my wife in her underwear. Um, <laughs> that, you know, and streams go hand in hand because, you know, it's either the people at Spotify or Apple Music who love it or it tests really well algorithmically. Mm. You're like, we've got a hit on our hands or an anthem, mm. regardless of whether we're in the charts or not. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of where my mindset's at now. So the three singles that I've put out since then, people are coming to the gigs and then they know these songs word for word. Yeah. And like, yeah. so like Click has had like 3 million views and I think uh, Do It So Well has had maybe 2 million views. Mm. And compared to some other artists who have, you know, like say a Sigala or a Jax Jones who are getting 100 million views, 100 million streams, mm. you know, the, the guy came to me from the, the concert promoter the other day and he said, your ticket sales are as good as, if not better than these people whose yeah. streams are... You know, fifty times higher. Or, yeah, yeah. You're currently so, on tour at the moment, selling out every single show, apart from Bristol. <laughs> well, fuck them. That's your fault. I apologise. Yeah. I've actually told people not to go. <laughs> that's <laughs> so any, anyone in Bristol listening, uh, that's probably finished. That's Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, you're not going to have heard it. Sorry, we well, didn't go. I'm working. Why do you think? Because you you mentioned yourself about feeling like your career was perhaps like on the decline, like you moving to Australia, like you didn't take it as serious anymore. But now you've come back. It's just, I'm, just, I'm just having fun with it. You're still, as you just said, you're still selling so... Like, I look at your Instagram pretty much every fucking day and just sold out shows all over yeah. the place. Why do you think it is that people like still can, like, connect with you in a big way? Because if any other artist had taken that, that time off, moved country, and then tried to come back, you may, you may have seen a bit of a struggle. Well, there's a lot of people, I'm not going to name names out of respect yeah. for them, but people I came up with, yeah. other rappers and dance producers and so on, mm. and like... You know, I'm not saying that it's not impossible for them to come back, but it's um, it's very tough because people just keep consuming music and want to find the next newest thing. And yeah. everyone wants TV stations, want to get on the next you young artist. And it's always about age and beauty and all this sort of thing. Mm. And I think people like Lewis Capaldi come through and completely rip up the rule book. It's just like great songs, great fucking voice, real person, amazing personality, hilarious. Yeah. But other than that, I think for me... I. Over the years, I think these songs, the lyrics, there's always like one standout lyric in some of these songs. Mm. And I'm only saying this based on asking fans, you know, because I regularly meet fans backstage. I yeah. take them out for mm. Nando's. I want to talk about that in a bit, um, yeah. And they'll come up to me. I'll say, by the way, what is it? And they'll be like, oh, I had my first kiss your song. I have uh, had my um, first pill to your song. I proposed to my husband the night we listened to this or... That reminds me of my holiday in Malia when I was six, 17. Or, yeah. So there's yeah. all, maybe along the years, there's these, these songs and these lyrics and that represent moments. Yeah. Which I, is kind of when I think of my childhood, there's moments in like a Nirvana song or a street song mm. or a Wu-Tang song. Even if they didn't necessarily speak about my life, it meant something to me at that time. Yeah. Like there is escapism. Yeah. Yeah. Or wow, this guy is my mate. Yeah. And the thing I find is I'm on the street and people, they won't always be like, example, they'll be like, Elliot. So I kind right. of feel maybe the honesty of the songs, they feel they know me. I think mm-hmm. you you personify my generation as well. So like I'm 26, I think you boys are as well. But yeah. I remember <laughs> there were there was there were no tunes played more regularly than yours when we'd go to house parties and stuff like that. Like so a lot of the people coming back to these gigs now in their tw- late 20s or early 30s, yeah. and maybe they've had kids now. They bought a house and. I just met this couple the other day outside the gig in Dublin. Mm. And they were like, the only gig we're going to this year is yours because we've got kids now and we can't, get, we don't go out that often. Yeah. And they were like, we just want to relive, you know, being like nineteen or twenty one yeah. or yeah, yeah. My, my, you're my, you and Rich are my dad's favourite artists. <laughs> That's <laughs> Which, amazing. Yeah, like I've interviewed a whole array of people. I've been very, very lucky. But he was more buzzing when I was able to show him the picture of me and you than like anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> it was class. What you, you mentioned um, having people shout that one line back at you about spilling it on your jeans. If you had to pick one moment from your career on stage that's really like stuck with you, it's like fuck, I've made it. Or um, I mean, we we sold out Elves Court 
before they you know they've knocked it down now and made it into like flats and whatever else they're doing there mm. um but we sold twenty three thousand tickets so the Ells court is bigger than the o2 arena fuck so i did the o2 arena in like february and then we did like Ells court nine months later wow that was pretty mental because that's how i grew up in fulham which is not far from Ells court. yeah yeah, so yeah. i had my mum and dad flew over from australia i had their old neighbours, old school teachers. You know, yeah. that was pretty oh, special. Yeah. yeah. Uh, headlining Southwest 4 Festival on Clapham Common, like, you know, that was five years ago because I used to, you know, play football badly yeah. on Clapham Common <laughs> um, or run away from kids with knives. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so there's loads of special moments like that. But I think the one that really did it for me was um, we were headlining the other stage at Glastonbury. So we were up against the Rolling Stones. Mm. And my dad's a massive Rolling Stones fan. So him and my mum flew in to watch that one. But everyone tuned in on TV, on BBC, to watch the Rolling Stones, but they'd banned their set from being shown. Because obviously, you know, I don't know if it's yeah. greed or what, exclusivity, yeah, whatever. But people are tuning in and I'm, you know, the next day I wake up and look at Twitter and it's just gone crazy because you've got millions of people all over the world have tuned in to see the Rolling Stones. But like... Can't see him, so let's go to the other stage, the next biggest stage. Here's yeah. the headliner, it's me. <laughs> and then I think I had three albums back in the top 20 the next day. Wow. But it was Amazing. mainly how my dad felt afterwards, because my dad's from a generation where, I don't know, maybe a lot of the men don't show their uh, true emotions or cry in front of their kids. And, mm, yeah. And my dad was in tears, hugging me, whispering in my ear, saying how proud he was of me. Because up until that point, he'd always, I'd literally, I'd say to my dad, yeah, dad, um, I'm number 17 in the charts. He'd be like, let me know when you're number 10. I'd be like, Dad, I'm number four in the charts. He'd be like, let me know when you're number one. I'd be like, Dad, I'm number one in the charts. He'd go, let me know when you're number one in Sweden. That's the, that's the kind of, I'm sure yeah. there's some people out there who can relate to that. You yeah. know, the, the dads who are like, they secretly love you to bits and impress, but they just don't want to let you know. Yeah, yeah. And my yeah. dad is that. Yeah. So, but that's always eggs me up, spurred me on. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That probably pushes you to want to like... And, and, and don't forget, I'm in London pretty much by myself. Mm. He's on the other side of the world with my mum and my sister in Australia. Yeah. So he's watching it all from afar. Yeah. yeah. And then he's come back and then seen me at Glastonbury with like... So, it's, you know, Glastonbury's like... I don't, they never tell you how many people there. 200,000. They don't like yeah. to tell, say how many tickets they've sold. Yeah. But you've got like 150,000 watching Rolling Stones. I had 40,000 watching me. Yeah. Like, at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's mental. Have you seen the clip recently of Tyson Fury ringing, oh. ringing his dad up after beating Wilder? No. Oh, it's no. class because um, his dad can't come and watch him fight live because he's not allowed in uh, in America because of a fight that he had. And uh, <laughs> he, gouged, yeah. he gouged some bloke's eye out in oh. 2015 and went to prison. But, yeah, but he deserved it. <laughs> Tyson Fury calls him up and he's like, did it look good on the telly? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, uh, dad, there's only two boxers in history that's won the ring magazine belt um, twice. Me and Ali, not bad, eh? And I was like, that's class that you are heavyweight champion of the world and you still want to impress your dad. Yeah. Like, boys don't change. And yeah. I think you just summed it up nice of what that you were saying. It. Yeah, my yeah. dad's like, I'd FaceTime him on the way here, actually. Mm. Uh, well, I'm doing the happy hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me know when you're doing True Geordie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's an equivalent of that yeah basically right there we're going to take a little break when we come back we're going to be speaking uh, about more shit <laughs> chicken chicken oh, yeah. probably chicken yeah. guys and welcome back to jack makes happy hour still here with jordan stevie and the main man elliot gleaves not is that elliot gleave from example yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you have to speak as a boy band hey, hi we're jls you know because they're always trying to keep up with each other hi we're jls and our new single is out now it's like imagine having to talk like people ask always like, what's the hardest thing about being in a boy band is it the fame no, it's like Talking speaking at the same time <laughs> as three or four other people. Right, let's try it. You've all got right. to come in on Happy Hour Podcast, right? Hi, I'm Jack, mate. I'm here with Example, and you're listening to The, the Happy, Happy Hour, Hour Podcast. Podcast. See, that is difficult. <laughs> it's when you do it like twi twice as slow as everyone else. I forgot what I was meant to say. <laughs> I was... Oh, come on, Louis. Zane was too early. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a whole array of questions. I feel like I don't even need them. Go on, just ask me about chicken. Before we get on to chicken, 
I remember a video, an interview of you. <laughs> Such a weird sentence. <laughs> years ago. Um, I won't mention who it was, because uh, your opinions may have changed, but you, you were kind of like mugging off another celeb, so to speak, about putting a pillow on your head. Do you remember an interview about pillow on your... Oh, uh, Kesha. Yeah, oh, you're right. You just said that. Is that like half a million views or something? Yeah, I love that. Do you remember I was telling you about yeah, that yeah, one? Yeah, Because um, she said she claimed to spray the Hollywood sign, yeah. even though it's like massive. Yeah. Well, no, because I'd just come from a party and... Well, I was in... That interview was actually in Australia on my first tour and I was just drunk the whole time um, and other stuff. And uh, I'd just been to a party in London and she turned up with like four or five you know, crazy people. <laughs> and then I was chatting to one of them and I was like, oh, how long have you know Kesha? And he was like, since yesterday. <laughs> so it was like, they brought in like 30 models into a room and then she's coming with her manager going, him, him, what? her, her, and dressed them all up and covered them in glitter. So it's like, Kesha's arrived with her what troop of fuck? loons. Wow. That's Mate, weird. That's showbiz. <laughs> well, if, she, if she fake painting the Hollywood sign, yeah. yeah, that's not that surprising that she's got fake friends to party with. Yeah, yeah true. The, you, you must have met a whole array of people doing what you do. Would you say, is is the industry quite fake? Um, I think on the, maybe on the, it used to be on the on the pure pop side of things. Yeah. Um, but because, I don't know, I think because rap's blown up so much. Mm. And uh, a lot of rappers are, you know, what you see is what you get. Yeah. You know, they're telling real stories. That's kind of sh- shaken up the whole industry. And I think because we've had people like Ed Sheeran and Adele and now Lewis Capaldi and Anne-Marie, you know, where it's people who's like, they don't have to be perfect looking. Mm. They don't always have to be, you know, like skinny. They don't have to like look like a model or mm. whatever. Um, you're getting a lot more real then. You're really. getting a lot more real. And, th- and then it comes through in, in their lyrics as well. What's the most diva thing you've ever seen someone do? You must have seen some divas in your time. I've seen some divas. <laughs> um, I... I was in Australia and we were flying from one helicopter, uh, one festival to another and a world famous DJ didn't want to get on the helicopter because he'd requested a black or a white one and it was a green one. What? Oh my God. And he was like, he was a Dutch guy and that could be one of 20 people and he was like, no sure, I said it has to be black or white helicopter and I'm not getting on that one, it's green. And they were like, well, it's a two-hour drive to the other one. He was like, well, they have to change my set times then. I just, I'm not getting on it. Oh, my God. What's the reason? Who fucking knows? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're mental. on a, a power trip. He wanted That's to look mad. like a Don, didn't he? Yeah. It didn't go with his clothes. It looked like a massive cunt. <laughs> yeah. do, do, mate, I don't know if it's a clothes. I don't, has there ever been a Dutch person who dresses well? <laughs> Can't. Louis Van Gaal. That's all my, that's all my, all my gigs cancelled in Holland forever. Yeah, yeah, fine. Don't come and play our festival show. We don't need you either. Keep your stupid helicopter. Yeah. Whereas Bristolians, they dress lovely, don't they? They're my favourites. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've ever put on a rider? Um, we used to put life-size cardboard cutout of a Star Wars character of your choice. Because <laughs> I wanted to have them all around my house. Because so, when I, was, I came off tour and I was lonely, I wanted to have like a Stormtrooper and a Yoda and a, right. a Boba Fett. <laughs> and I think we got about two or three, and then they just end up getting folded up and mashed up in the tour bus because, yeah. right? Or people are doing gear off them and you know, <laughs> <Some Yoda's> <laughs> forehead. <laughs> yeah. So um, oh, we kind of just took it off the rider because there's, there's poor some runner, of, you know. Oh my god, what if we don't have the Star Wars life size cardboard cutouts? Like, Trample's <laughs> not going to go on stage. And I, and I felt, yeah, I'm not that kind of diva. It was just like we did it for a bit of a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I've never more wanted so, to be relevant enough to have a rider. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To, what, to, to get a life, life size Yoda. Well, mate, mine at the moment is um, it's really basic because we're not drinking loads. Like, because when, when it used to be me and the band, it was crazy. But it's, because then you'd have six or seven crew. Yeah. Because when you've got a drummer, you've got a drum tech, and when you've got guitarist, you've got guitar tech etc etc so mm-hmm. for every person on stage there's like another six or seven more backstage mm-hmm. yeah but at the moment there's a six of us doing this tour it's like me dj the guy who does the visuals and the lights tour manager security photographer right you know, it's really simple but it's like a big probably the most epic looking show i've ever done yeah and um i just you know the riders used to be crazy and now it's just like monster munch <laughs> which you know, flavor well no but it'll just say like you know 24 packs of monster munch and that's because my tour manager might have said to me like three months ago what do you fancy snack wise and then i'd be in australia missing monster munch so yeah. i'd just be like oh they don't oh, do them i can uh, i couldn't move to australia well, I'd just then, be like, on that monster munch. and then by the time you know we've done 12 of 16 gigs now mm. yeah but you open the cupboard on the tour bus and it's just monster munch falling out because everyone's bored of monster munch Class. but you don't change the rider every day you don't go off oh, 
Elliot, oh, tomorrow, can you change the rider to McCoy's? Right. You know, it's like... Yeah, but Monster Munch permanently, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Monster Munch and Yodas, <laughs> I want in. I remember you messaging me once at like one in the morning, just saying I really fancy the flaming hot Monster Munch. And then the you sent me ones. a photo about half an hour later, just of a packet of yeah, flames. Mate, you've got to, to do Asda. what you've got to do. And there's 24-hour Asda right near mine. <laughs> I'm, I'm so bored of them right now. Are you? But when I get back to Oz in about, you know, I'll be back in Oz next, next Tuesday. So after, not that that's relevant to this podcast, but um, <laughs> I reckon after three or four weeks, I'll be asking, you know, carrier pigeons to come over. <laughs> yeah. Can't you take them all with you if you've got loads left? I don't know. It'll get someone to Custom take them for him. Could you pack Monster Munch? Yeah. yeah. No. Um, you can. Aussie Aussie Border things. Patrol. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. Yeah. Oh, is it? What do you think yeah. you're doing with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing monsters into our country, disrupting <laughs> the ecosystem. Yeah. Do you do know, you know how when much they... fucking corona is in that shit? <laughs> Re- flaming hot, roast beef, pickled onion. Um, Order them now. Uh, flaming hot, top. Top. Um, yes. I'm roast love. beef second yes. yeah. but Perfect. they used to do um, a bacon flavour did they they used they? to do smoky bacon what yeah this this is me showing my age now and then there's a limited edition bolognese flavour what wow bolognese, and it was in the shape of a spider and they used to do it around Halloween Huh? That's class. I'm 37, mate. I've seen it all. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the Second World War. You weren't there, kids. We had spaghetti bolognese flavor monster munch. When Hitler sent the troops over, we used to live on the spaghetti bolognese flavors. <laughs> spaghetti. You've had a bump there as well. Are they are, are they feet or are they monsters? They're monsters. This is where the company is actually set. Oh, what? They are oh, monsters. but the shape of the monster munches. Yeah. I thought they were feet. Monster feet. Like that. Oh, what, what's the op- other option? Monsters. They're actual monsters, like two legs and two, and two big two arms. arms. The company has actually said they are monsters. Oh, yeah. I, thought yeah. they were, I thought they were feet. Yeah. I thought they no, were feet. I don't want to eat them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I really um, like eating feet. <laughs> are you pro quavers or anti quavers? This is a debate we have often on air. Oh. Um, there's a time and a place for a quaver. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you remember when they did tomato ketchup quavers? No. <laughs> this is mental. You could have just come in here today and just be having us on. Yeah. We wouldn't know. know. Mate, people go and Google this after this. <laughs> I saw the prawn Christ. cocktail ones. Um, they did prawn cocktail, prawn cocktail quavers. They were sort of vinegar quavers. <laughs> Mike Wazowski shaped. Oh, <laughs> Both of your sons have the name beginning with E, don't they? And my wife's called Erin. Oh, so you're all a family of We're examples. Like shit fucking Kardashians, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> I would pay to see a sitco- uh, like a documentary thing based on that. A documentary based thing. <laughs> yeah, Erin, um, yeah. Elliot, Evander and Enyo. That's class. Evander after Evander Holyfield and Enyo after Enyo Morricone, the film composer. Fair enough. Are you a big boxing fan then? Love boxing, I love films. Uh, what do you think of YouTube boxing? YouTube boxing. Oh, oh, wow. I, I, I say, always crowbar it in for the clickbait. I, I'm personally not interested, but mm-hmm. I think good luck to them. Anyway, you can make money, and if there's a fan base, if if, if there's young kids or you know so, you know people who follow YouTubers and they uh, they watch these fights, and then that leads them into showing more of an interest in professional boxing mm. as a sport. I think it's all good. Would you get in the ring for? a... I would have done before kids, but it's too dangerous now. I used to box when I was like 15 for about four years. Did you? Yeah, I'm, you... I'm, I'm amazing at skipping. I used to just, I was so good at skipping, and I can do the speedball as well. Can you? Mm. But but in the ring, are you any are you handy? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I never used to win many fights, but I could take a punch. I wouldn't get knocked out. Right. But I'm, I wouldn't like to say that I'm I'm good in case someone challenged me. All right. Well, uh, so, you don't have to say yes. <laughs> well, let's say this, right? I'll be your promoter. You can, be, <laughs> yeah, you can I'll be your Eddie Hearn. You can you can be the boxer. Which who are you taking on from the mu- music world? Not Stormzy. <laughs> um, anyone but, but Big Mike. Um, I don't know, man. Ed Sheeran probably in the easy. I reckon Ed Sheeran's tough, you know. His, his dad used to be a boxer. Did he? Yeah, his, his, I met Ed Sheeran's dad. Like, I've met him loads of over the years. But once I think I was being a bit cocky backstage and he went, Elliot, stand there. And he put his fist up to my nose and he did like a full whack and stopped his fist right about a millimetre from my nose. Fucking oh. hell. And then gave me a hug. But it was like his way of just going, stop being a lippy little twat. Really? Yeah. And then Jeez. I found out that he used to actually be a boxer. He's, he looks quite handy, his dad. He's quite he's quite stocky. Right. So we're not picking Ed because he might get his dad involved. What about Pro- Ed's, Ed's a little unit, though. Yeah, you don't want him then. We've got to see. I'm, I'm trying to think dollar signs. Eh? I'm trying to think who would Pro, you knock Pro out you'd easy? probably want more in a street fight with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we need someone that we can do easy. I just don't want to fight anyone, mate. I'm, I'm quite happy. <laughs> well, I need being... the money. <laughs> <laughs> right, Nando Skank. 
Are you gonna bang? No, no. I want some fucking Nando's. Wanna eat it up with chicken and chips? Every no knows I freestyle like this. When I freestyle on the beat about chicken, you know it's finger licking. And I'm gonna pass it over to example. Now he's gonna freestyle and he's gonna show you how he do. Chicken, chicken wings. They're my favorite things and I love to sing. I say chicken, chicken wings. If you give me them, I will eat them things. I bet you get fucking annoyed people asking this, don't you? And you still right? put it in. <laughs> yeah, well, no. I've never actually performed it. No, yeah, I saw... I, I think Ed performed it maybe five or six times on tour back in the day. How irritating is it when people ask you to perform it? That's very irritating, because it's like, if you've been to my gigs, it's a rave. My, my shows, are, there's no calm moments. It's yeah. mosh pits, people bouncing around, like, jumping like loonies yeah. for like, an hour and a half. Yeah. There is no time or, or place for a, a slow song no as as funny as it would be to do yeah do you, do and i've you, never performed it. I, don't, I don't even know the words do you not like, we, we freestyled it yeah me and my mates used to know it off by heart when we were younger yeah those people told me that yeah i used to watch it uh when it first went up because i uploaded it onto my channel mm. it was crazy to watch the views go up mm. i think combined like over like three channels now it's on like 60 70 million views fucking hell um for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about in 2000 and it's about eight or nine. Is it? As yeah. far back as that? It might, yeah, it's, de- it's probably nine, 2009. 2009, outside the waterfront Norwich. In the car park. Yeah. And Ed's, it was the first time that I'd met Ed, but we'd been chatting on Twitter. So to give it some perspective, Ed had 10,000 Twitter followers. I had 120,000. That's crazy. And you, you essentially just do a freestyle about Nando's chicken and it blew Filmed up. Filmed on a GoPro. Yeah, and that's mad. And I uploaded it the same day. Because I said I was going to do a tour video every day, that tour. Yeah. And I think he supported maybe maybe five or six of those gigs. But the first time he supported, I, I'd i been watching him on on YouTube. Mm. SBTV days. SBTV. And uh, someone had handed me one of his CDs, I think, in 2008. Because he'd been releasing like EPs since yeah. he was like 13 or yeah, 12 yeah. or something. And I was like, wow, this kid's voice is incredible. And then you see it live with the loop pedal. And, Class. You know, this is like... 11, 12 years ago. Changed the game. But I remember after the first tour he did with me, I gave him a bottle of Jack Daniels and a card. And I said, and he just supported me. And I said, when you play stadiums, don't forget me. I want to come and support. Oh, wow. And then when he played Wembley the first round of times, I got the call. And then I was like, like, serious? He went, you don't remember, do you? And I was like, no. He was like, yeah, you, you, you gave me a bottle of JD and said that when I played stadiums, could you come and support? That's unreal. So I knew I, after his first gig, I knew he was going to play stadiums. It was yeah. just, it was like he was too good. I've, I've yeah. heard, I've, my, my cousin said something nice once that I agree with that certain <laughs> people, <laughs> <Something> once, <just laughs> yeah, once. yeah. <laughs> uh, that certain people have like an aura around them, like where you just kind of like get a feeling when they're in the room, like you, you know, like. Mm. And I remember just I, I saw Ed perform at the Waterfront years ago, and there was just, there's just something about him, isn't there? Like, well, he's. he's you know, like some people like a rock and roll voice, some people like a pure voice. He's mm. just somewhere in between. He's just like never, never, you know, hits a bum note. Mm. He's just an incredible vocal performer, and then guitarist, and then the loop pedal element, and then the songwriting. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just you don't really uh, ever get that that quite often. All I was, wrapped in one package. Well, I was when people say to me, you know, cause sometimes people get annoyed when they're like, "Oh, but my my sister, she's an amazing singer, and she's been down the pub every week for." Years and she's never made it. Mm. There's sometimes a reason why it's like, you know, you go and see them and it's like, yeah, they're not a star though. And then there's other times when there's someone who's beautiful mm. and it's like, yeah, but they can't sing though. And then there's sometimes there's someone else where they're an amazing songwriter, mm. but then they haven't got the voice yeah. or the looks. Yeah. I'm probably more that mold. <laughs> um, but I know, I, I know that, the, you know, I write all my own songs, all my mm. own lyrics, everything, uh, raps, choruses, whatever. But I know that it's not. I'm not a model. I know I'm not like, you know, I haven't got the best voice in the world. When I'm singing live, I'm more like a grunge vibe. I always, mm. you know, I hit bum notes. Yeah, but it's more. That's about the energy and the atmosphere I'm creating. Yeah, more like a rock, rock and roll show. I think you're a bit more of like. And well, I just know I'm a performer. Yeah, you come to my gig. It's like I don't care about people. Like I always like to say to people, like at the end of my career, whenever that may be. I, I don't want to be regarded as the best rapper or the best singer. I don't mind that, but yeah. I know that there's not many people who can match me for, for performance. Hundred percent. And and I think you were one of the first kind of like mainstream artists that had a bit of you know what Capaldi's doing now, where he's yeah, funny yeah. online and and he yeah. really shows his personality online. I think that's why a lot of people connected with you because I remember I'd, as much as I liked your music, I found you funny online. So that was that kind of thing. Like, yeah, that was quite unique at the time. Yeah, because artists hadn't been allowed to like have an opinion or really speak or have 
you know, access to audiences before then. Yeah. You know, like if you think before then, everything had to go via the PR mm. and approve. So if there was a yeah. quote or, you know, it'd have to be approved or if there was a, a new single or a new album, mm. that would have yeah. to be approved. So everything was always controlled by the management or the label. Yeah. As soon as people had access to their own Twitter, it was like, it was a can of worms with some artists. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God, you can't mention race. Don't mention religion. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I then the real side well. of artists comes out, and then you realise that that's what the mm. audience want. They want real people. That was the tenth of May, by the way, two thousand and ten. The Nando Skank. Jesus. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a long time ago. And then after that, you got given a Nando's black card, didn't you? you I was. W- I was in the original five people. That's what I was going to say. Do you Do you know who they who they were at all? Um, you are I'm the OG black card owner. I'm pretty sure it was someone. There was it was like a, a Peter Kay or a Johnny Vegas. Oh and wow! I'm, I'm not just going fat northern comedian. <laughs> it was someone like that. Yeah, and I think it was like a Man United football player. It was maybe like a Rio Ferdinand or a Michael Carrick. Andy Peters, the old TV presenter, had one because he was really good friends with a marketing lady at Nando's. Right. He was a good friend of mine. Yeah, she, you know, she used to feed me when I was on tour when I was broke. Yeah, you know what I mean, for years. So we just have chicken for lunch, chicken for dinner like every day for a month amazing and then she got fed up with giving these chicken vouchers she said oh we're doing this black card thing do you want to have some input mm. and then i sort of became on the board of people who could get one yeah do you still have one to this day i've still got one yeah i've had one for 13 years fucking hell you must have had your fair share of nando's well, i bought i bought sheeran into nando's did you uh, i bought i got stormzy's black card as well wow didn't stormzy just get the first ever greg's black card did i believe I read so that yeah the other day? yeah Greg's yeah. black card's quite a strange one. Yeah, but any black card is fucking cool. Oh, yeah, it? obviously. Yeah. Anything for free yeah, is I don't cool. know if I'd want a vegan sausage roll. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every day. Yeah, so what, 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 we're, we're, we're like peasants. We don't know, we don't know this world. What, do you, what does the black card do? Give you anything you want? So it's, it's, um, it's actually called the high five card. Mm. Not the black card. It's obviously a black little card. Yeah. Over the years, I've had metal ones and plastic ones and right. all sorts of different. There's always about, it comes in a fancy box. And there's always a new design. So they usually get a South African or a Zimbabwean or whatever artist, you know, someone. Because um, Nando's obviously originated in South Africa. Yeah. To design the card with some kind of deep and meaningful thing behind it. I always usually pay attention to it because I'm into art. Mm. Some people probably just throw the packaging away. I don't care. I yeah. want this thing. Yeah. But it's called the high five card because it's you plus four friends. So it's five meals with drinks and sides, no alcohol. Right. Mm. And, and what you can use it as much as you want. Yeah, I mean, like, I doubt that many people go to Nando's three, four times a day or they do like a Nando's pub call of London <laughs> and eat 22 chicken pitters. Yeah. But you probably could mm. if you wanted to. Well, when we first did nice. did that interview about five or six years ago, you stayed behind. You very kindly uh, used that that card to get me and the crew um, some some Nando's. Yeah. So I yeah. think they've taken a few away over the years as well. I think there was a member of JLS or something who was giving it to his cousin or his brother to use or something. Oh, like really? That. So they took it off. I heard rumours. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's rumours that Oprah Winfrey has a black card. <laughs> I doubt it. That's, well, it's Fiona. She's fucking... <laughs> Fiona, <laughs> delete that now. What's <laughs> <I was> going? <laughs> she's, a, she's a billionaire. She does not... <laughs> <laughs> I still need a free meal. No, the worst thing I, all my mates say is that. So, like for instance, my my one of my best mates, Sam DJ Wire, who's on tour with me, mm. you, know, uh, you know, behind the decks. Mm-hmm. We've been mates for fifteen years. He was best man at my wedding. I was best man at his. Oh, class! And he always says whenever he walks past a Nando's and I'm not with him. So when I'm in Oz and he's in London, mm. he just can't bring himself to go and pay for it. Because <laughs> he's probably had free Nando's 500 times. I thought yeah. that was going to be really cute. I thought he was going to say he can't go in there without you. But it's well, just... he was basically just saying he can't pay for Nando's. It just feels wrong. Yeah. yeah, That's understandable. <laughs> what is your, what's your go-to so. Nando's order? At the moment, I like the chicken wrap. I get halloumi and pineapple in it. Oh, wow. I go lemon and herb because then I like to add my own heat and work it out. And I get peri chips and then I mix lemon and herb sauce and ketchup and make my own little sauce. Oh, and then I get love. a corn and a macho peas and mix them together as well. What? So I shave off the corn with a... You really are a Nando's pro. <laughs> yeah. I'm very specific. Uh, it does sound like you get Nando's and try and change it so it's no longer Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was you that told me that you can order a barbecue chicken. Was that you that told me that? Yeah, it's not on the menu. But you know that there's like um, there's a barbecue sauce, isn't there? And one of the I think is it the Churrasco thigh burger or one of them has like a barbecue sauce, right? So you can have your chicken barbecue, but it's not many people ask for it. There's loads of things well, off the menu you can get. Nando's secrets with example. That's definitely going to be a YouTube. Thing. <laughs> I've heard these things about McDonald's as well. Apparently, you go to McDonald's and like my mate actually yeah. did this in London, and it was unbelievable. He was like. 
He goes, pay attention to this. He goes, well, what we're going to do is we're going to go in, we're going to get a double cheeseburger, but we're going to ask them to use the bun from the fillet of fish. And I was like, what? He went, yeah, they use, there's a slightly different bun on the fillet of fish. It's like more of like a, a softer milk bun. I was like, no, nah, wait, wait. He was like, yeah, you wait. And it came out and it was the fillet of fish bun, which looks considerably different. Yeah, yeah. With wow. the double cheeseburger inside with extra pickles. And I took a bite and I was like, you know when you have like your, your first bite of a Shake Shack or something like that? And you're like, <laughs> or Bleaker Burger. I don't know if you've been to these. And you're like, what the hell is this? This is like how burgers should taste. Yeah. And it was like he'd gone to McDonald's and just like, the guy, and the guy behind Figure the counter had to call the manager. And I was like, can we, can we, can we, can we do this? And the guy, the manager almost come over like, <laughs> you know? That's class. How yeah. was that? Uh, Blue Van Man come on, he said about at McDonald's, the land, sea and air burger. I've heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the fillet of fish. Have you heard about this? Ma- no. Fillet of fish, mayo chicken and a cheeseburger. That land, sea and air. Cow, pig, bird. No, that's, no that's one. Wants, I don't, I don't, chicken and beef. Chicken, chicken oh, and beef cow, don't work together, do they? No. Fish yeah. and beef ain't going to work. Beef and bacon, fine. Chicken and bacon. Yeah. Fish and bacon. Yeah, nah. Nah. You can't have fish and I bacon. I wouldn't have it. I'm just you can't have fish. I don't, you can't have fish with any of chicken. No. Fish and beef? Oh. You wouldn't have fish yeah, with any other nah. meat, would you? No. Nah. Surf and turf. People like a steak and a. Oh, I guess. Mm. What I'm about... weird still. I'm not a big seafood. Oh no, I'm not a big. Are you a seafood man? I don't eat seafood. Oh, there we go. None and of then, us. I, and then my <laughs> mum used to say I was fussy, and then I took a, a blood test recently to find out if I was allergic to anything, and I'm allergic to oats and seafood. Wow. Probably good that you don't eat it then. Maybe I'm allergic to seafood because I fucking hate it. <laughs> Hating it and having a reaction are two different things. <laughs> yeah, but he hated it until we had a reaction. Yes. Did, did you have a reaction? Uh, I, I reckon maybe sometime in my childhood I felt really ill or sick of it and then just something subconscious told me to avoid it. Yeah. Mm. I'm gonna fi- I haven't eaten a piece of fish in since I was probably about You're eight not years missing old. out. You're not missing out. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid yeah. fucking things. <laughs> Get back in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> what, have you seen that? <laughs> no. Oh, wow! <laughs> Fiona's just... Do you want to read the note that she's put? Fiona... I don't. Your mum, she, she's gonna be disappointed when she. Is, <laughs> Fiona said, "No, you're just a fussy cunt, Jack." <laughs> she's not wrong. Uh, usually, we finish on a few Twitter questions, but I don't want to do that. I want right. to finish because I, I know you're quite a character. So I want to finish on a couple of hypothetical questions to work out how your brain would work in these situations. Okay. So we've got about five minutes. Stevie, okay. do you want to hit us with some? So I'm going to start with a fan favorite one we've um, we've asked we, a few people, but yeah. we haven't done them for a while. Okay, mm. so. I can give you ten million pounds right now, but for the rest of your life, there's an invincible super snail that can kill you if it touches you. The snail has the ability to go anywhere in the world that you go and get on planes, but it does move at the pace of a snail. Would you take the money? What a question! (laughs) I knew you'd like these. (laughs) Um, I don't need the money, but Uh, well, actually, I'll take the ten mil. Yep, and then I'd put it to good use. I'd set up um, music studios in, 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 you know, third world countries. How long do you think you'd survive? Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd be... See you, mate. Right. <laughs> yeah. no if, you, if you're flicking between if... Australia and, and well, wherever, no, but to be honest, yeah, 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 so, And also, to be fair, I'd be going to, you know, maybe like Malawi to set up the music mm. college, yeah. you know, and mm. he'd arrive on a later flight, mm. and then just as he got <laughs> off the flight, I'd be on another flight back to Australia. And even if I was in Australia for like six weeks, and I knew that he was just outside my room... Like, as I was going to bed, I could put up, like, a big cardboard wall, so he'd have to climb over the wall, and then just as he got to the side of my bed, the next morning, flip I'd be it. out of bed. and flip then the wall. Flip the wall. <laughs> so, and then I'd just think about all the disadvantaged kids I'd help with a music studio. You have there actually you been over to Africa Beautiful. to help, haven't you? Uh, no, I've been to India. Oh, I went, I went right. to India with life water and put water wells in 14 villages. Wow, so you are a nice man. Well, I, I was given the opportunity to donate a load of money, and they were like, look, two grand... It gives it enough clean water for like a hundred years to this village. Fucking hell! So I was like, "Well, that's a no-brainer." But I was like, "I want to come and actually see it." Yeah. So I went over, and yeah, it was uh, it's good times, man. Fair play. Amazing. You you do do a lot for your fans as well, don't you? Like you, I, I can't be done, mate. Yeah, you, it's so easy. I think a lot of people are scared to meet their fans or don't know how to deal with them. Mm. And I think if you talk to them like mates, as in like you give them abuse, you give a banter with them, yeah, you put them at ease straight away. That's exactly and I've what always, I do. I've always done that with them. Mm. And when I went out for dinner in Glasgow the other week, I took uh, eight fans out to Nando's, obviously. Yeah. But they all arrive and they're all a bit shaken. And then one of them's a bit cocky and he pipes up and then I start giving him some jip and then we just go back and forth. And yeah. then by the end of it, you know, you're all mates and they've had a few beers or a few ciders. And then even when they come in for a photo, they're giving you shit back. Yeah, yeah, and no, that's, that's class. That's how it should be. Like even as I come out of venue, if there's people waiting. 
like, and they're there, and you can see they're like they're freezing. They've been waiting in the cold. I'm like, get your phones out now, put it on selfie mode, <laughs> have the flash ready. <laughs> I will get you in a minute. I'm seeing this person first. Yeah, and then they'll be like, oh no, no, I'll go to him. Like, oh my god, example! And I'll be like, ooh, example, example. And then they, you know, I get to him, and then I give him a hug and a kiss, and then we take the photo. And, yeah. And then, and then they leave and they go, oh my God, you're so much fun. I go, ooh, you're so much fun. <laughs> and then, you know, and then they'll, they'll post a picture next day and they'll just be like, I'm just an example. He's such a ledge. You know, he's yeah. just so yeah. normal. And I just think if people do it more like that, you wouldn't need to worry about having security guards around you. Yeah. Because yeah. I come out myself and there's, you know, some gigs there's five people waiting, some people there's 60. And I'm like, get your phones out now, <laughs> form an orderly queue. Thank you. And I was like, you. And then they come to me and I'm like, you didn't have it on selfie mode. And she's like, oh, God, no, I'm just so nervous. I'm like, wait <laughs> over there. I'll come back to you in a minute. And then I'm like, you've already had one. No, you're not having another one. I'm going on the tour bus to FaceTime my wife and kids in Australia. Oh, but we want one more. You've had your photo. And I just like go on the tour bus and lob a packet of Monster Munch at them. <laughs> and that's how to deal with fans. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, don't quite know what to say to that. Yeah. Do you want to do, you want to do one more hypothetical? Or- yeah. Okay. So we so, so we said you are you are taking the ten mil, and but you're, you're being gonna, good with it. Yeah, you're running away yeah. from the snail your whole life. Nobody yeah. said that before. Nobody's been nice about. It. They'll nah. take it, but no, but, no, 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 no. It, a lot of people don't take it because the, the 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 fear of being chased by yeah. a killer snail and is horrible. Any snail you Keep see, you on your toes, it make life exciting. <laughs> yeah, but imagine, I think yeah. you'd never be sat at home all day, like you know, just mincing around. You'd just actually mm. be like, even in your seventies, you'd be like, let's get out. And go mountain biking. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, like yeah. just constantly sending the snail the wrong way. That's true. <laughs> yeah. What I'd do actually is, is especially if I was you and I lived in Australia, I would take, I'd, I'd be in England, I'd see the snail come to me, then I'd go to Australia and I'd just wait and I'd time to see how long it took the snail to get there and say it took like four months, I'd fuck back <laughs> over to England and go, I've got four months to do whatever I want now. Yeah. Why has no one done that? So you just spend the next year of your life just planning. Give me another future. question. Give me another question. <laughs> yeah. I love this game. Okay. Um, you have a superpower. Right. It's a bit of a different one. You can give people phobias. <laughs> what is the most funny thing that you'd make someone afraid of? I could just record a song. <laughs> Put them off music. Um, <laughs> that's quite a good one. Um, I've I got a good one. Um, Jack's got a cable wrapped around I don't know if this is a phobia. This is just something weird you could do to someone. I haven't really thought about it. But it doesn't need to be one that's actually a phobia oh, now. Right. You could just choose to make someone scared of something. Oh, right. that, that, yeah. that they're obsessed with brushing their teeth, but they can't have mint-flavoured toothpaste. They have to have coriander flavour. <laughs> that's <laughs> very specific. Oh. So they're scared of mint-flavoured toothpaste. <laughs> no. But they love brushing their teeth. <laughs> oh. That's so specific. I don't know. You've just stuck it on me now. And then there, there was... Um, <laughs> if you could change the sounds of your that your body makes... To absolutely any other sound effect, <laughs> what would you replace it with? To give you an example, That's so weird. I my... was talking about this yesterday. Really? Yeah, my girlfriend. I was I was walking around um, Sainsbury's yesterday. With my girlfriend, I was like, "How weird would it be if your footsteps were just like?" <laughs> I asked. I, I sent this so fucking as soon as I read it. That. I sent it to my girlfriend. Or a quack, like quack, quack. <laughs> yes, step. She she replied, said, "I'd make my fart sound like." Duck quacks. <laughs> Every time you a lot fart. of girls do, don't they? <laughs> That'd be horrible. That'd what be would, horrible. Yeah, well, I, I live near a, like on a riverbed as well, so I, I hear the ducks every morning. I'll just wake up and imagine that Fiona. Then Fiona just... would never know you farted. Yeah. <laughs> what about if, uh, every time you smiled, it went ding. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that'd be good. Yeah. Like the, there we go. Colgate adverts. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a little sparkle. You have to have nice teeth. Yeah. That'd be good. So when you like, there's a big family gathering, and then like it's like, okay, everyone smile, and everything. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> like collecting rings in Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Uh, let me ask my ball one. Yeah. yeah oh, so, yeah. So you've oh. got a bag. It's got a hundred balls in it. All Ninety-nine right. of them are blue. All right. One of them's red. All There's right. no way to distinguish between the two apart from seeing them. You can't see them. You put your hand in. If you pull out a blue one, mm-hmm. you win a billion pounds. If you pull out that red one, you die instantly. Would you have a dip? You got a ninety-nine in a hundred chance of getting a good one. And if you would have a dip, how many would you take out? Because you can keep going, but once you hit that red, you're you're dead. And you can stop at any time or not take any out if you don't want to. Yeah. I won't take any out. Don't like that game. Really? Yeah, it's like on who? Um, what's it? I'm a celebrity when they have to put their hands in the yeah. holes, and you don't know if there's a a rat or a pigeon or a, <laughs> yeah, a it's never a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> An Aussie outback deadly pigeon, <laughs> the spider killing pigeon wanker. Um, no, I don't want... like. I don't like. Nah, no, nah, you wouldn't do it. 
I don't really have many phobias, but I don't like things like that. No. Well, there's no. So there's, is, 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 there's is no more, rats in yeah, there. Is it more it's the fact balls? You, yeah. But then if you pull the red, imagine the red one. The red one. Yeah. One, if Matt. you see that red one, oh, I'm gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't like that. Horrible. No. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But a lot of people say that. I'm too much of a con- control freak to do that because yeah. I feel like I could control that snail fucker. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> I can, can, you can't control chance. You know. Yeah, that's true. I'd take two or three. <laughs> Wow. Ruthless. Ruth- yeah. Chances are you'd be fine, but yeah. then if you get that red, you are dead. Example, it's been an absolute pleasure, Thank mate. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. Wow. Um, I was going to say promote your new tour, but by the time this comes out, it'll be it'll be long gone. Well, just go back and watch the footage and go, oh, I wish I could have been there. <laughs> <laughs> and then they know for the next tour. Yeah. Follow me it. on Instagram. You know, at example on all your socials. At example on everything, yeah. And nice. and uh, out of all the uh, the artists out there, you are one of the funnier ones online, as I've said. So go and do it, guys. Go check him out. Thank um, you, buddy. Stevie, thank you very much. That's all right. Jordan, thank you very much. Pleasure, mate. Elliot, thank you very much. Bye, darling. This has been Jack Makes Happy Hour. We'll see you next week. Jack Makes Happy Hour. This was a Stakhanov production.